Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. In a couple of minutes here, we're going to bring you a uh, pretty cool announcement that I think you'll uh, you'll be pretty impressed with here about some uh, future programming here with uh, Chorus Radio in Edmonton. Thank you to the individual who texted high level all clear now. Good news. Keeping you updated on the traffic here too. Just some text to 63630. Vac Daddy. Oh, pardon me. Darcy, the Vac truck driver. Thanks, Darcy. I like the idea of signing Jason Demers as a free agent and trading Yakupov and Pouliot to Anaheim for Votnin. That'll take care of the defense. Hopefully keep the big guys and see how next year goes. The glass is still one quarter full. Oh, my God. Is Is that optimism for Oilers fans? Well, the glass is one quarter full. Uh, Brad says, Reed, they have to trade Nurse or Reinhardt for a top four right shot D because they will end up losing an excellent D man in the expansion draft in a year uh, if they trade, say, Everly or Nugent Hopkins to get one. DB says, if the Oilers finish 30th, they have a 70% chance of winning one of the three lottery picks. There's your right winger. Would it be 70%? That, that seems high to me, DB. I'll have to check into that. Here's my thing about that, DB. I just I just don't want to see it where they draft a young guy high and then they put a lot on his plate as a rookie. I mean, McDavid's good enough to do it. I, I think in the other three number one picks, they maybe got a little too much responsibility a, a little too soon, and that hasn't helped. Uh, Daryl says, Yakupov... Will turn into the player we all expect him to be. I think the media has created more pressure for Yak, and I hope he makes you all eat your words. Thanks, Daryl. And this texter says, uh, where does it start here? This texter says, what are you smoking? You finally have a guy who can score in Everly, and you're going to trade him versus getting rid of a guy like Hall who can't chew gum and think at the same time and throws the puck away or gives it away every time he has it on his stick. The only thing Hall can do is skate forward. Cannot wait to see how good the Oilers can be without him. Of course, that text is unsigned. Uh, to answer your question, what am I smoking? Nothing. But I appreciate the inquiry. Brian is on the line. Hey, Brian. Hello. Go ahead, man. I just wondered what were your thoughts about uh, Connor McDavid's goal the other night against L.A.? That was just like, I've never seen something score like that, and he just comes out of the bag with something all the time. Yeah, I... I I mean, I've probably seen something similar, but I, I, yeah, I can't remember it. That that was pretty cool. I mean, LeCavier kind of made a dangerous play, 
But for McDavid to whack it straight into the net was—I mean—he's very quick with his stick, and he's good. On, he's good at taking the puck away from other guys. Um, Everly, okay, I'd like to keep Everly, Latestu, and Korpakovsky gone, and then we could be good. We could go from there. What do you think about that? Well, but I mean, if you're talking about trading fourth line players, I mean, what realistically does that net the team? Right, like, yeah. I mean. Okay, if you trade Mark Letestu, you're going to trade him for another version of Mark Letestu, right? Yeah. Most likely. Our but, top three lines are okay, aren't they? Or what do you think? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think the third line's good enough. I think you need Letestu, Hendricks, and Korpakoski as your fourth line. I think maybe Cassian could play on your third line at times. Uh, Pouliot, maybe if he's healthy, is on the third line. They're, they're probably going to have to fill the hole with another winger. I mean. They they got it. They got a top center to build around, um, but a lot of the other guys have been up and down throughout their career. So they either got to get more consistent or bring in guys who are better support pieces who can pick up the slack when those guys aren't producing. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Brian. Really appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Paul says Yakupov will only do good on a team where he does not have to play defensively. Well, but every team expects that you do it at least a little bit, but. Uh, he he uh, he has struggled in that part of his game for sure. All right, before we uh, keep going with your text and some of the other Oilers chat, and by the way, Peyton Lee from the Oil Kings coming up between 7.30 and 8 o'clock tonight. Here it is. We've been teasing it. Let's get to it. Very special announcement concerning the Chorus Radio family here in Edmonton. This spring, Chorus Entertainment debuts a brand new radio station. Radio station. Radio station. You've heard him on the Face-Off Show, Inside Sports, and Oilers Now. Now hear him all day long. Hi, this is Bob Stoffer. Hi, this is Bob Stoffer. It's CBOB, all Bob Stoffer, all the time. Lack of speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline. CBOB, a new era in radio programming, with every show hosted by Bob Stoffer. Wednesday, I'll be in the air with the orders. Every morning from 6 to 9, it's tree planting story time. That was the year there were floods in northern Alberta. And we went into our own Joseph Conrad-like heart of darkness up the Wabasca River. Then join us in the afternoon drive for the Golden Bears Hockey Show. The Bears have a lot of fifth-year players. Monday, Bob talks with former Golden Bears hockey coach Rob Dom. Then join Bob on Tuesday as he catches up with Austrian hockey coach Rob Dom. On Friday, Bob will be live from the Joffrey Lupel Golf Tournament with special guest host Rob Dom. Every night from 9 to 11, it's the Riley Nash Show as Bob reflects on all the draft picks the Oilers got wrong. You know, I'm disappointed the Oilers didn't draft uh, Chris Russell back in 2005. Instead, they took Taylor Jorney. Obviously, Chris Russell stand out to be a better hockey player than Taylor Jorney. See Bob, all Bob Stoffer. It's always a jam-packed show. Of that, there is no debate. Coming soon to the Chorus Radio family. Well, who's excited? Kellen, you can't wait. Maybe you'll get to work on that station. I, I am speechless. Absolutely speechless. My, I have nothing to say. <laughs> Literally nothing to say. <laughs> awesome. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six thirty. This is not C Bob. This is C H E D six thirty. Chad. This is Inside Sports. Back in a couple of minutes. <laughs> 
You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 7.15, still ahead. Peyton Lee from the Oil Kings will touch base with Kyle Bailey from the Allen Cup-bound Bentley Generals. Memories of Rexall Place with Trent Evans with uh, Northlands. He's been like uh, working at Rexall Place since he's uh, since he's been a teenager. So we'll get some incredible stories there. We'll have some few uh, we'll have a few flashback segments as we move along this week. The Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, trailing the Texas Stars three one after the first period tonight. That's uh, being played on the road for the Condors. Mitch Mraz, the only goal of the game. This is your Crystal Glass scoreboard, brought to you by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. Updating the National Hockey League. The Red Wings were trailing 2-0. Now they're up 3-2 in Montreal. That is after 2. The Maple Leafs might pull even with the Oilers here, leading the Florida Panthers 3-1 after 2. Predators and Stars 1-1 after the first. Sharks and Canucks play a little bit later on. Avalanche and the Blues are even 1-1. That's late in the first period. About seven minutes into the second frame, Chicago and Minnesota tied up 1-1. Sabres and Penguins going at it. It's 4-4 in the third. It was 3-0 Buffalo after one. Pittsburgh got four in the second period. One goal back for Buffalo in the third. Devils up 2-1 on the Bruins. That's with about eight minutes left. And with about six and a half minutes left, the Hurricanes and the Islanders are tied 1-1. Got a text here to 6-30. How does a glorified Oilers mouthpiece get his own station? The Oilers must have given Chorus a fair chunk of change. Please, whoever texted that, I hope you're not serious. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yes, you know what, folks? I know what Friday is. We that, that was prepared long before anything to do with April's Fools. It's not an April Fools joke. It's just one of the little bits we like to do on this show from time to time, like when I do a love letter or we do fake commercials for the NFL playoffs. So it's just for fun. Uh, I really hope some of the textures are joking back it, the the ones that are expressing alarm about C-Bob. Wow. Uh, 780-496-0063 is, uh, is the phone number. Reed Wilkins with you on Inside Sports. All right. Uh, some other news today. The NFL wants the New York Times to take back a concussion story the league says was unfair and misleading. The NFL is demanding that the New York Times retract a front-page story it ran last week, asserting that the league underreported concussions and learned how to handle its head injury controversies from the tobacco industry. The NFL says the Times mischaracterized preliminary data. The Times reported more than 100 concussions were not included in the NFL's data set. Its sports editor says the paper has nothing to retract. The newspaper also highlighted that Preston Tisch, co-owner of the New York Giants, was also an owner of Lorillard tobacco and a board member of the Tobacco Institute, which played a key role in hiding the hazards of smoking. Warren Levinson, New York. All right. So, you know, this concussion stuff's been really big in sports in the last few years. I don't know if you've been following this uh, this NHL stuff. There have been unsealed documents 
in the concussion lawsuit that's been brought by former NHL players. They reveal an internal debate by league officials, including, you know, Bettman, the guy right at the top, over head injuries and a, uh, and a deeper concern about the impact of fighting than what has been publicly shared by NHL leadership. So, you know, I mean, basically what, what some of this is coming down to is 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 that you know the players say well we were uh we were put uh we were put at risk and the league knew that that it was it was a risk and and stuff like that and why why didn't they tell us what have they known and what didn't they share i i, I find i i find it very interesting in the from the angle of what we as sports fans want from our games and what we will live with when it comes to the risks that we see our favorite players and teams being subjected to. Let's face it, there's something very, not just aggressive, but in some ways a little barbaric about sports. I mean, football is incredibly violent. Hockey has the potential to be violent. Certainly, there, I, I think the contact in football is a little different. It's not quite at, at the same speeds, but there's, there's more contact in football, I think, especially if you're playing along the line of scrimmage. But what happens whenever there's a rule? I mean, you can't hit receivers, a defenseless receiver in football anymore. You can't do what Scott Stevens used to do in the NHL on a routine basis, and that was only 12, 15 years ago. And what do people always say? Well, you're taking the hitting out of the game. You're, you're taking the aggression out of the game, right? You're, that, that's, that's why we watch. We want to see the hits. We want to see big athletic men competing against each other, showing passion, showing emotion, sh- being violent, quite frankly, a lot of the time. So, but then when a guy gets concussed and our favorite players out of the lineup then it's just like, well, they gotta, you know, they got to protect headshots. You, we can't have these guys being injured and, and going on being injured throughout their lives. And, I mean, we know all the NFL stuff about this, the suicides, the depression. It certainly came out in the NFL more than it, it came out in any other league. But, but I'm going to tell you something here. I, I've been doing post-game interviews in the Oilers dressing room now for five seasons. This is the end of my fifth season. And you realize very quickly that these relatively young men are beat up. And I'm not, I'm not so much talking about concussions here, but I've seen players who pretty much every game you see their shoulder wrapped, their hand wrapped, or whatever. They have some kind of a nagging ailment, not necessarily an injury, but some part of their body that hurts just because of the process of playing an NHL regular season hockey game. And that is probably going to stay with them as, as they get older. I, I mean, uh, Rob Brown has talked about some of his nagging issues. I think Kelly Rudy has said that his ankles always hurt just as a result of, of being in the NHL. So I, I guess I ask you as a sports fan, do you actually want the sports ma- made safer? At, 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 at the end of the day, I, or, or do you want the physical contact? Do you want that thrill? Do you want that violence? Because there's not, a, there's, not, there's not a lot of, of logic when it comes to being a sports fan. You pick your favorite team, you pick your favorite players, you cheer, you yell. I mean, most people will tell you that they say things and do things and act in ways while they're watching a sporting event that they would never consider doing in their day-to-day lives, whether it's expressing joy or anger or sadness or, or whatever. It, it brings that out. 
So do you really, at the end of the day, want your sports dumbed down so there are less events that bring out those emotions in you? Because that's probably a big reason why you're watching the game. So is, is that really not part of the bargain? That we're making young men very famous and often very rich and giving them this incredible window of, of, of wealth and fame so they can give us this thrill in watching them, and then when they're done, we, we are done with them, and we're not overly concerned about their physical or mental condition. I mean, is that not the bargain that we've been in, engaged with, engaged in here for, for decades now, especially in, in North American life? Is that was... Is that was, you know, you know that that is that really not what's going? Okay, yeah, we'll pay 100, 150, 200, 500 dollars for a ticket. That's fine. We want to be entertained, and part of that entertainment is is we want the violence, we want the physical contact, we want the danger, we want the we want the players to be in danger of getting hit, and still being able to make a play with the puck. We want to see the receiver who can go over the middle and get drilled and hang onto the ball. And then, yeah, we cluck our tongues when we hear at the age of 50 he's depressed and maybe committed suicide or whatever situation happens, but did you really care about it at the time? And do you care about it more now that these stories are coming out? I don't know if people do. I, I don't really know if they do. And, I, and it, it'd be great to make the game safer, but they're A, never going to be safe enough that these things never happen or rarely happen. And then are, are fans going to be as interested in the safer version of the game? I, I don't know if they will. I don't know. I mean, I guess there are plenty of sports that are popular that don't involve physical contact. Tennis, I mean, anything with a net in between, certainly golf or, or, or whatever. But, but, you know, these athletes put themselves in a situation where we want them to perform at a high level. Their bodies are going to be under strain to do that. And I, I don't know if there's a pro athlete out there who played in his or her sport for any extended period of time that doesn't have some sort of an ailment that lingers physically. Now, the NHL and NFL concussion stuff is, is taking this to a new level, but can, can concussions really be eliminated? And do fans want the things that end those concussions to be eliminated? And I mean, again, offensive and defensive linemen, they're banging into each other 70 times a game. Things happen to their brains. And what do you say? Well, football's won in the trenches. You gotta protect your quarterback. You gotta open holes for your running back. How does that those aren't the big hits that that get all the headlines, but they're they add up to be just as dangerous as everything else. And I, I don't know, like, hey, you know what? I'm putting myself in the aren't we hypocritical when we think it's tragic when when Junior Seau takes his own life a few years ago. But who who was you, you weren't worried about it when you saw him play. He was glorified for the way he could hit. So just some thoughts on that. 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Hey, the Oil Kings doing great. Their goaltender, Peyton Lee, up next. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Matt Hendricks, the Oilers nominee for the Masterton Trophy. 
Oilers don't play again until Saturday against the Calgary Flames. 6 o'clock for the face-off show, 8 o'clock for the drop of the puck right here on 6.30. Chad, that's your Action Furnace Oilers report. Action Furnace, home of the fixed right, or it's free. Guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Texter says, hey, Reed, I enjoyed the promo for the new station, C-Bob. By the way, I ordered your Christmas album in the mail. Where is it? You remember my Christmas album? Yes, uh, I believe we've had some shipping issues <laughs> and everything yeah. is stuck uh, in limbo somewhere. We're, we're dealing with customs issues. That's the problem because we had them we printed had to get, out yeah, of country. We had to get them made in like some mysterious uh, Caribbean country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like where all the offshore gambling sites are. That's yep. where we got those CDs made. Yep. We, we paid them off with Oilers 2006 Stanley Cup champion wear is what we did. Right. <laughs> you know, because that's everybody always wonders what happens to the losing team of the championship game. What happens to all the, the wear they have to that's do. That's true. Right? There's a lot of, there were a lot of kids in, in developing nations in the 90s wearing... Uh, uh, Phoenix Suns NBA champion or Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills a- NFL champion wears and yes, stuff like that. That, that right? is true. We're not making this up. Like no, seriously. Yeah. Yep. So because uh, they got to have the shirts ready for the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Either way. So, yeah. So there you go. Uh, all right. Thanks to everybody who uh, texted and a lot of people having fun with the uh, the C Bob promotion. So I, I do appreciate that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The text line is six thirty six thirty. There will be hockey at Rexall Place the next two nights. Tomorrow and Thursday at 7, the Oil Kings taking on Brandon in games 3 and 4 of their best-of-seven first-round series. The Oil Kings are up two games to nothing in large part thanks to their goaltender, Peyton Lee. Peyton, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for making time for me. Man, you must well, no just be, uh, you, you just must be feeling great these last few days, eh? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good atmosphere on the room right now. Everybody's uh, believing in what we can do and uh, just trying to carry our momentum in tomorrow. What have the last few days been like since you went up 2 nothing in the series, just in terms of, of practice and trying to stay sharp and all that stuff? Yeah, we had uh, our travel day back there from Brandon, and we had a rest day, and we've been on ice the last few days, just sharpening up on a few things and trying to stay ready for Wednesday. Yeah. What allowed you, before we get to your individual performance, what allowed you guys to steal those two opening games in Brandon? Um, you know what, I think we just uh, all came together as a team pretty nicely. Even in Madison Hat for the tiebreaker game, we uh, right now we're not really worried about individual performance and stats and whatnot. We're just about the team, and it's paying off so far. You stopped 82 of 85 shots in Brandon. I mean, let me. Is, is this the best you felt all year, or or has there been other highs that you feel you've hit this season? What what's it been like? Um, I think, like I said, like um, the team's playing really good right now in front of me, so it's it's making my job a lot easier than maybe it had been earlier in the year at some point. So the team, the team playing good in front of me helps a lot. I think uh, after Christmas, I had a good little run there as well, but I think this is uh, as good as I felt all year, and I think it's pretty good timing. It's the time of the year that you want to step up your game and be all, be all dialed in and whatnot, so it's uh, it's going good right now. I know in junior hockey, it's it's often a weekend league, so you're used to having sometimes large gaps between games, but, I mean, given, would have you preferred to play 
sooner after going up two nothing in the series. Uh, I mean, any concern about this being uh, you know too much of a break? You had Brandon on the ropes, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I think uh, I think we're in a good spot right now, and I think uh, a few days off that we had will give us the rest we needed. And I think both teams are in the same boat. We both had to travel from Brandon and whatnot, so I think it's uh, pretty even and just uh, try and keep her going. What's that bus ride like from Brandon to Edmonton? Oh, it's a long one, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, my travel when I was in Vancouver wasn't, uh, didn't have too many trips like that. We'd go to Saskatchewan once every two years and stuff, so it's a bit of a long ride, but uh, it's all part of the game. What do you do on the bus to uh, to rest or to keep your mind busy? Uh, you just try and rest and um get as much sleep as you can and take it easy, hydrate and do all the things you need to do to be ready to go. Okay, so you're you're a big sleeper then. <laughs> uh I I I try to but I, I don't I don't get too much sleep on the bus usually, but you try and close your eyes when you can and the rest is important for sure. Oil Kings goaltender Peyton Lee joining us inside sports on six thirty Chet. Peyton, I wanna ask you a little bit about just your your journey this season because you got traded to the Oil Kings, uh, you know, at a time where, uh, well, you know, I mean, the goaltending position has has been beat up a little bit this season. I think it was back early November when you became an Oil King. What what was your initial reaction to the trade, and what were you thinking or or hoping your role was going to be here? Um, I was excited for the new opportunity. I'd been in Vancouver since I was drafted when I was 14, so I played since I was 16 there, and. It had been a good experience there, but it was definitely time for a fresh start, and it was uh, pretty exciting to come to another first-class organization like Edmonton. I want to ask you about March 11th. You played the Calgary Hitman. I believe that was the day you were supposed to be the backup goaltender, and you got thrown into the game 23 seconds into the game. Wasn't wasn't that the uh, the day that Patrick Day got injured? Yes, it was. Well, what was it like seeing your your colleague and net go down so early and having to jump into a game that quickly? Obviously, uh, no matter what position it is, you never want to see your teammates get injured like that. But uh, And obviously, Patty's a great guy, and um, we definitely miss him in the dressing room and stuff like that. But uh, like I said, it's it's tough to see a teammate go down any time, but uh, especially when he was starting that night, it's uh, tough to see. Yeah. Does it does it feel differently for you anymore uh, or recently that that you're the guy? I mean, this is this is this is your net now. Unfortunately, the other two guys have have been injured. Does it does it feel differently at all that you are carrying the ball 100 percent for sure? Um, I, I think as a goalie, it's uh, kind of what you want. Like, obviously, it's un- unfortunate for those two guys, and you feel bad for them. Two close friends of mine, and I, I respect I respect them a lot. And uh, but for me, I, it's definitely uh, like I'm a competitor, so I I want to be in the net, and it's definitely comfortable for me when I get the uh, ball to run with it a bit. All right, so you're back at it tomorrow night. What do you guys have to do here to keep rolling? Obviously, Brandon, I assume, is going to be a pretty upset team uh, coming into Rexall Place. What what were some of the keys for you guys tomorrow night? Uh, just stick with what we're doing. We've we've talked about. They start quick and they come out hard and try and press you and run you out of the rink right away and all that stuff. So we just got to withstand their pressure. They're going to come out hard. They're down 2 nothing in the series, so they're going to lay it on the line. And we just got to withstand that early pressure and 
and get her into the later part of the game, keep it close, and anything can happen. All right. Well, Peyton, great work so far. Incredible start to the series for you guys. You're a great story individually as well. Really appreciate you making time for us on Inside Sports. Great. Thank you so much for having me. That is Peyton Lee. Great goaltending so far. Oil Kings and Brandon tomorrow, 7 o'clock at Rexall Place. Of course, if you uh, can't make it to the game, we'll keep you updated here on Inside Sports. Or if you want to go to the game, how about this, Kellen Kennedy? We got four tickets to give away Woo. to the Oil Kings game tomorrow. How about caller number four, 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Jet. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Oh, Edward Van Halen on the guitar there. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Thank you for tuning in. Congratulations to Warren, who is uh, still on the line. Uh, Warren, hang on. Kellen's going to get your information in a second. He got the Oil Kings tickets, four tickets to tomorrow's game. By the way, uh, Warren and everybody else, those tickets, courtesy 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. So uh, cool that they were able to provide those for us tonight. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to – oh, this is great. I'm glad we're doing this segment. We're going to talk a little more hockey here, shifting gears a bit in terms of the league and the level. The Bentley Generals, who have been a powerhouse in uh, senior men's hockey for several years, just won an exciting Chinook League championship bout against the Stony Plain Eagles, and they are going to the Allen Cup. And I'm pleased to bring in from the Generals, Kyle Bailey. Kyle, welcome to the show. My name is Reed. How are you doing? Reed, thanks for having me. Doing well. Great. Are you also the captain of the team, Kyle? I'm not. No, the captain is a gentleman by the name of Don Morris, and I'm an assistant captain. You're an assistant captain. Okay, so, I you, am. so you are wearing a letter. Cool. All right, well, thanks uh, Thanks for joining us. It's good to talk a little senior hockey, and, and it's an exciting time of year. I, I've always found the provincial playdowns to be really, uh, really exciting, and so much hype around this Stony Plain and Bentley series this year, wasn't there? For sure, yeah. It was uh, the playoffs were very exciting this year. Uh, you know, I, I didn't get to see or, or hear much about the, the the other side with Stony Plain, Fort Saskatchewan, but we had a had a real dandy against Innisfil there in our first round, and then uh, obviously the with the uh, emergence of Ryan Smith playing with Stony Plain, it uh, obviously brought a heightened level of excitement to the final, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun and a, a great series, really. Look, I, I got to ask you, and and I know you guys don't want to make it all about Ryan, and I know Ryan doesn't want to make it all about Ryan, but his presence did draw a little more attention to this series than usual. What was it like being on the ice playing against Ryan Smith? Oh, it was it was it was awesome. I have no, uh, I have no issues making it all about Ryan Smith. Really, I mean, there, we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, acknowledge what he what he meant to the league just by playing. You know what the the interesting thing about him coming is, I mean, obviously it it, it brought a lot of people to to the games, and and just having a player of that caliber there really gave a lot of exposure to the league. But we had played Stony Plain in a regular season game, I guess, a couple months ago now, and he there was rumors that he was going to play, and the rink was packed, and uh, and he actually wasn't able to make it that night. And the interesting development from that was that was an excellent hockey game, an excellent regular season senior hockey game, and I talked to a lot of people after the game that said. 
might have been a blessing that he didn't play just because it really showed how good the league was even without him. I mean, obviously it was such a such a great great boost to the league having him there, but uh, uh, it also you know puts the spotlight on a lot of other guys and shows that we do have some high caliber hockey players in the league for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you ever listened to this show, but I used to work in Lloyd Minster. It's been a while now, but I mean, I I, I went to three Allen Cups in person. And yeah. I was I was sad to hear the Border Kings didn't operate this year. Like I can't imagine the, them yeah, not that's operating. The, that's the challenge, I guess, with senior hockey is it's such a fluid, you know, different organizations and different leagues, and you don't always know who's who's going to be a Triple A team and who's going to be a Double A team. And I don't even, to be honest, I don't even understand all the ins and outs to it. But uh, it's too bad. I mean, having just a four team league this year was. It is a little tough for sure because you're just because you're just playing the same teams over and over again, kind of. But what it also did was, I, I think it raised the caliber of the play as well. I mean, it was uh, you know the guys that were on different teams, especially the, the guys with more talent, kind of got spread out amongst the league, and it uh, made for a pretty impressive league of some talented individuals. So it's a little bit of a different league and a little bit frustrating at times, but uh, it's still a lot of fun to play. It's still hockey. Well, Kyle Kyle Bailey from the Bentley Generals joining us at 7.50. We should talk about your playoff run before we talk about the final because you guys finished first, and the fourth seed was Innisfail. Mm -hmm. But didn't they take you to Game 7 overtime? They did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, as far as senior hockey in Alberta is concerned, that would be one of, if not the the biggest rivalry at at any level. And, uh, you know, regardless of where they finished in the standings, it, it wasn't a matter of us taking them lightly. I mean, we we knew right from the start that it was going to be a battle, and uh, I think we knew. I mean, we'd played them in the provincial finals the past two years, so we and and there's a lot of a lot of the same guys there, so we knew that their record and where they were in the standings wasn't really indicative of how good of a team they are. I, and you know, it was a it was a war. I mean, there's really no other metaphor to use. It was. Uh, it was a tough series. It was a physical series. It was uh, it was everything I guess you want want as a fan. Maybe not as a player. I know there's a lot of ice packs going around the rooms after the games, but but yeah, we did we did end up getting it to a seven game series, and they actually had us down. They had us down three two. We had to win game six on the road, and then thankfully we had game seven at home and uh, and found a way to win that in overtime as well. Also, so it was uh, it was a heck of a series, and uh, yeah, one I think the fans surely enjoyed. All right, and and this game wrapped up. Uh, was it was it Friday game five against Stony? It was Saturday. It was Saturday. Saturday sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. So while the Oilers were playing the Kings, right? And that mm-hmm. one was a double overtime game. Yeah, yeah, that went into double overtime as well. It was another another tough one. They had us down. Uh, I think four two uh, late in the second. We were able to get one to to close the lead to one going into the third, and you know we had some. Good pressure going in the third, but it took all of the period. I think uh, Nathan Deck scored on a slapper there with about a minute left in the third. So, uh, yeah, we needed all the time, that's for sure. And then, thankfully, we were able to get one in the second overtime period and didn't have to go back up to Stoney for game six, which I know was a big sigh of relief for a lot of guys. Kyle Bailey joining us from the Chinook League champion Bentley Generals. They will represent Alberta at the Allen Cup, and we want to talk about that tournament. But first, Kyle, I want to get to know you a little bit better through your hockey career. Uh, you're a Pinocchio kid, a Portland Winterhawk, and were you not drafted by, by Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in Pinocchio, played uh, most of my minor hockey there, and then I moved on and played my AAA hockey and played a year of Bantam and a year of Midget in Leduc with the LJAC organization, and then 
yeah, then after our year finished uh, in midget, we lost out in the playoffs and then had the opportunity to go up to Portland and spent four years there and then got traded to Lethbridge for the last half of my overage season in the Western League and then uh, went over to, took my WHL scholarship and played five years at the University of New Brunswick. So kind of did the whole cross-country thing, cross-continent thing, I guess, considering I played in Oregon, but uh, it's been a heck of a ride, that's for sure. Now, why why would you go out and pick the uh, U of A rival like New Brunswick, Kyle? The interview <laughs> was going so well till you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, the timing of that probably wasn't that good either. Well, timing's good for me, no offense or anything, but what's transpired the past couple of weeks wouldn't be good for Golden Bear Country, I guess. But, you know, that that's pretty much what it came down to. I, I You know, I, I was recruited by the U of A as well, and uh, uh, they certainly had my attention. And I, I really, I get I got asked that question a lot, even when I played out there. But it's just one of those things that I just, I knew. I knew within probably an hour of getting off the plane when I was recruited. I just knew that was the place for me. It's a, it's a community that still I hold very, very dear to my heart. Uh, you know, that school and that program was so, so good to me. And uh, I, you know, it's uh, I hold it very, very dear to my heart. So as unfortunate as it was for the Golden Bear fans they lost, I was absolutely thrilled and still am thrilled for, for the guys that had the opportunity to win this year. Okay, now did you win two national titles with UNB or one? I did, yeah. Yeah, we won in 2009 in Lakehead in Thunder Bay, and then uh, we won in 2011 on home ice at UNB as well. Okay, so you'd already graduated by the time they won in 13. Yeah, yeah. Could, could... I was uh, Actually, that year I, I went over and played overseas. I played in Austria for a year, so I was up at an un- ungodly hour watching that final on the internet, so <laughs> okay. that was exciting. Well, just to give people an idea about Alberta and UNB, over the last decade, Alberta won in 05, 06, 08, 14, and 15, and UNB won in 07, 9, 11, 13, and 16. So McGill and St. Mary's are the only other schools to sneak in there in the uh, now last 11 years. So it gives you an idea about how good those two, uh, those two, honestly, they should play each other more. There should be a super league or non-conference games or something. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I guess it's one of the downsides of having such a vast geography in Canada that it's just obviously just hard to, hard to make it work. I think, I can't remember if it was my second or third year that we, we flew out in the fall and we played, uh, we played the U of C twice and U of A once, but, and obviously it's great to get out here and it's great competition, it's great to play, but it, it's also hard to ramp up the intensity as compared to a national final or a national tournament. I mean, it's, it's always going to be special any chance you're going to get to play the University of Alberta, but uh, obviously it's a little bit of a different feel at a, at a national tournament, that's for sure. Okay, so you guys uh, you guys have qualified for the Allen Cup. You don't have to play the BC team this year, right? Because no, no, there wasn't yeah, a BC. No, they, uh, they didn't enter a team for the McKenzie Cup. So Which again is... Yeah, which again is 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 tough. We got like, if I, if I win the sixty million million Lotto Max, I'm gonna like create a senior AAA league for the whole All right, country. Well, you can, <laughs> can hire me as your commissioner. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> April 11th is when you guys start, or do you guys not play till the second day? I think we we start on the. I'm not 100 percent certain. I just took a glance at the schedule today. I think, I think it's the 12th. the 12th. I think you're on the Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, and it's in it's in Manitoba this year. Yeah, Steinbach, Manitoba. So. Yeah, we'll head out there. It sounds like we're going to head out on the 10th, and uh, we'll get there, and I'm sure we'll have a practice on the 11th, and then we'll be ready to rock on the 12th. Now, do you have any idea what the the field's going to be like? I mean, can you advance scout any of these clubs? You can and you can't. It's, uh, you know, I've only been to one of them. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go last year to, 
uh, birth of my first daughter was scheduled for not scheduled, but she was due on the day of the final, so I wasn't able to go. So I, I went the previous year in Ontario, and you can obviously look at rosters, and the hockey community is a pretty small world. You recognize a lot of names, and you, you get an idea of who will and won't be there. But it's a week-long tournament during the week, and it just depends on guys. Like A lot of guys sort of trickle in as the week's going on. You know, a, a team's roster on day one, sometimes be significantly different than what it is in the semifinal or the final just depending on guys availability so it is hard but what we do know is that every team that's there is going to be good i mean it's it's senior hockey and it's a little different than professional or junior hockey but at the end of the day you're still competing for a national title and teams are going to be ready to go and they're going to be competing very hard so we'll have to be at our best for sure well kyle uh, you know what a what a what a life hockey has, has has given you. It's just really cool how you've committed to it and some of the stops along the way. And uh, all the best to Bentley here at the Allen. I mean, look, if Stony Plain would have won, I would have been cheering for Stony Plain. Yeah, I'm cheering for the Alberta team no matter what. So, you know, <laughs> that's that, that's who I've decided to be here. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to get an update from the tournament as well once you guys are there. Really appreciate it, Kyle. Sounds good, Reed. Thanks a lot for having me. That is Kyle Bailey, assistant captain for the Chinook League champion Bentley Generals. All the best to them at the Allen Cup in uh, Manitoba. They will start on uh, April the uh, 12th. The tournament starts on the 11th. whole bunch uh, more to come. Hey, uh, the St. Louis Blues finally got scored on. We'll have a scoreboard update. And Trent Evans with Rexall Place Memories all in the final hour.